Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This is Optimal Relationships Daily, episode 2035, The Road to Reconciliation, Get Out of the Middle of the Picture, by Keith Wilson of KeithWilsonCounseling.com. Hello, everybody, and thanks for helping me ring in yet another post here on ORD. I'm your host and narrator, Greg Audino. And today I'm coming to you with an article from Keith Wilson. I always love Keith's work, and he's got a very effective strategy in today's article, a strategy for helping us to reconcile with loved ones that we might have fallen on hard times with, uh, be it recently or long ago. So let's jump right in today and see what he's got to say as we optimize your life. The Road to Reconciliation Get Out of the Middle of the Picture by Keith Wilson of KeithWilsonCounseling.com. Let's say you are deeply disappointed in your mother, who never was the mother you needed her to be when you were a child. You want to get past this because, after all, you're not a child anymore, right? The story, as you tell it, goes like this. My mother divorced my father when I was young, and she had a series of relationships with men throughout my childhood. None of them were any good. They were drunken, violent louts. Nonetheless, she always chose them before me. She would do whatever they said and moved me in and out of different homes before she really knew any of them. None of these men wanted me around, and I got the feeling my mother didn't either. I was just an inconvenience to her. This is a heartbreaking story that is all too common. If this happened to you, the effects go deep down and can persist a long time. You would really rather they didn't. What can you do to let it go? Here's a place to start. Stop calling her my mother. I don't mean you have to stop calling her my mother or mom or ma to her face, nor do you have to renounce her forever. She is still your mother. I mean, when you tell the story, refer to her by name instead of title. If her name is Alice, call her Alice. My mother is a being who came into existence when you did and exists only in relation to you. Alice was born long before you and has a life distinct from you. My mother is so close to you that she's an extension of yourself and you're an extension of my mother's self. Alice is another person. You can connect as an equal to someone named Alice in a way you can never to my mother. When Alice chooses the company of men over you, it might hurt a little. But when my mother does it, it's catastrophic. It was catastrophic when you were a child, but you're not a child anymore. So it's not. Not anymore. Now, it's as if someone named Alice did it. Some people resist this exercise because they think it is disrespectful. I think it's more respectful to understand someone as a whole person, independent of yourself, who is trying to play with the hand she is dealt. The second step is to take a look at Alice's life from the beginning to the end. Tell the story from her point of view, the whole story. How was Alice's childhood? What were her parents like? How might Alice have been shaped by her relationship with her first husband, George, 
whom you know as Dad. What were the social and economic forces of her early adulthood, the period of time when you were a child? What were Alice's dreams and aspirations? I'm often amazed by how little adult children know about their parents, except the parts that directly pertain to them. You may be able to ask her to tell you these things. If not, then guess. You will probably be right. You probably know more than you know you do. I'm going to go ahead and guess that Alice's dad, your grandfather, was distant, hardworking, but emotionally unavailable. A lot of fathers were in those days. When she was a kid, Alice dreamt of going back to college and traveling around the world. But she got pregnant in high school and married George, your dad. That's what people did in those days when they got pregnant. Shackled with a kid, little education, and in a shotgun marriage, she didn't have a lot of choices. George had no respect for her, and when she never lost the weight she gained in her pregnancy, he ran off with his secretary. Now she was really screwed economically, and worried about raising her child without a male role model. She started to date, to find a man who would support her and her child. The prospects of an out-of-shape single mother in the marriage market were not good. She soon found herself scraping the bottom of the barrel. No matter how much she might have loved her child, she regretted ever getting pregnant. You see how different the two stories are when you are not in the center of it? You are seeing the context. You could conclude that she did the best she could. Maybe not. You could still be angry with her. That's your prerogative. But now it's an adult being angry with another adult not a child being angry with his mother. The third step is to calculate how old Alice was at the time in question. Let's just say she was 25. Now, look around at the people you know who are 25. How mature, wise, and altogether are they? Some are, granted, but most haven't gotten all the kinks worked out. 25-year-olds might actually be younger than you are right now. If that's the case, then remember how much maturity, wisdom, and know-how you had. That's what Alice had to work with. Now, calculate how old you were at the time. Let's say you were eight. Look at eight-year-olds you know today. How much maturity, wisdom, and understanding have they? Do you really want to look at the situation from an eight-year-old's point of view? It's impossible to gain any of those insights about my mother, but entirely possible with someone named Alice. You can use this method with all the disappointing people who have titles in your life. Husband, wife, sister, brother, friend, leader, colleague. When you are no longer at the center of the story, blocking the view, you are better able to see it and, if appropriate, genuinely forgive. You just listened to the post titled, The Road to Reconciliation, Get Out of the Middle of the Picture, by Keith Wilson of KeithWilsonCounseling.com. And a great post from Keith here today. Such a simple but powerful mindset shift that, uh, like he says, is so easy to forget sometimes. You know, when I talk about how difficult it can be to approach challenging relationships with ourselves or others objectively, this is precisely what I mean. Taking the time to remove ourselves emotionally is really difficult, especially when we're talking about huge relationships such as those with our parents. So, if this post spoke to you, do what you can to see your loved ones anew. Ask yourself, what might their peers be saying about them, or how might they see them, or their parents, or their co-workers, or people from their past? How might they be trying to protect themselves? Uh, what might they be struggling with? What fears might they have? 
Of course, you don't have to be a therapist to come to revelations like these. You just have to be curious and willing to educate yourself on an area in which you haven't had to yet, an area that could stand to change your relationship dramatically. And that's what we're here to do, right? So I'll leave you to it, everyone. Thank you, as always, for coming today and making another episode possible. I hope your week is going well so far, and do stop in tomorrow for more content and another opportunity to optimize your relationships. That's where your optimal life awaits.